You know, when I was young, my parents, my teachers taught me really important things. They taught me how to read. They taught me how to ride a bike, how to drive a car, how to play the piano. But there were some things I was never taught. I wasn't taught what to do when I felt overwhelmed. I wasn't taught how to balance cooking and cleaning and working and raising a family. And I certainly was never taught the idea that as a mom, you're like a CEO of an organization. And with that, you can have vision that impacts and inspires your entire family. That is a conversation I'm having today with Chanel Nielsen from Mom University. She shares an incredible framework to help us understand how we can implement this. You're going to love this interview. Welcome to the Life Organized Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Layton. And as the creator of both the Life Organized Podcast and the Life Organized Membership, I teach busy moms how to get organized, manage their time, and master their mindset. I'm a mom and wife too, so I know how overwhelming it can all be. But living an organized life means you don't have to sacrifice anything. With the right systems and tools, you can get your home and family running like a well-oiled machine and still have time for all the other things you love to do. If you're new here, DM me the word fast on Instagram at jlthehappygal and I will send you my top tips to help you get organized fast. We'll cover clutter, time management, and give you empowering new perspectives that will make organizing your life so much easier. All right. Let's jump into today's episode. Okay, I want to welcome to the show Chanel Nielsen. She has some incredible things she is doing for moms. She has a podcast called Mom University. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. So Chanel, welcome to the show. Jenny, I am excited to be here. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. As we've chatted just a little bit, we are on the same page. We are here to support mom here to support women. And so I can't wait for our listeners to get to know you a little better. So what do they need to know about you? Yeah, so I do love helping moms. I just have a heart for women and for moms in the home. I know when I became a mom, which is what I always wanted to do, it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And so I just have recognized that need for moms to have support. And that's what I love to do. I have five kids of my own, 20 down to seven. And we live in Southern California. Uh, I am a podcaster, an author, I all the things. But mostly what I love to do is just help and serve women. I am right there with you. I also have five kids, so we know what we're doing. Well, we should know what we're doing. It's a new Hopefully. adventure every day, but we're yeah. in it. It's for reals. So yeah, so let's just jump in and talk about kind of what you're all about. You've got this podcast called Mom University. I know you'll tell us about more opportunities to work with you and learn from you as we wrap up the interview. But this idea of a mom education, I get it. You know, like you think you're stepping into the most natural thing in the world. And I was just like blindsided by all of the tasks that were required, the losing myself in it, you know, finding fulfillment, staying on top of everything. That was not expected for me. And it has taken a long time for me to figure out like the groove, you know. So talk to me about what is happening in that moment when everyone, well, when a lot of us are just feeling just, you know, upside down in motherhood. Yeah. I mean, I think that it is most of us that feel that way. You know, We may have, like for me, I studied in school. One of my minors was in family science and I taught in an elementary school for a while. I 
I felt like, and I'm also the oldest of eight kids. I felt like I had some experience going into this. And yet being a mom was so much different and so much harder than I thought it would be. And as I have worked with moms over the years, I really see that there's this kind of gap in what we learn, right? We go to school and we learn math and we learn science and we learn English and whatever, but we don't actually learn how to run a home. And we don't learn how to juggle all the things and time management and and how to do all those things for our kids, be a good parent, all the parenting skills, run a home, and somehow fit in time for ourselves. And then we have never learned this. And then we're in it and we're trying to do it. And we're just kind of winging it. And then we feel bad when we don't do it really well. And so we're up against both our own expectations of what we think it should be and how good we think we should do at it. And then, and then this lack of ever having learned those actual tangible skills to do it well. Right. And I think I've heard you talk about before that, like, we pick up on things from our own mothers or you're the oldest. I'm also the oldest. So that's another thing we have in common where, I mean, if anyone was going to be well positioned, it's someone who is the oldest child of a large family. And yeah. even still, I think one of the big things when we step into this is that's great that our moms figured out a style of mothering and home management that worked for them. But when you're a different personality type than your mom, then that's a whole new ballgame. Like, what does it look, need to look like for you? So I think that part's yes. significant as well. Yeah, I do, too. That's such a huge piece of it. And as times have changed, I mean, we're up against things that our moms were never dealing with, like the whole technology and figuring out what to do with cell phones. And it's different. Maybe we don't feel as safe letting our kids stay out until the streetlight goes on kind of thing where for me, you know, I had a little more freedom being out in the neighborhood than maybe this generation does. Um, So there are a lot of things that as times change and like you said, personalities, just maybe we need to figure it out, you know, how does it actually look for us? And if it's different than what we've seen modeled, then we're kind of just like, yikes, where do I go from here? Right. So that's one thing we're fielding. And then you take the abundance of stuff that we have nowadays, too. Yes. It's just getting to be more and more. I'm talking about the tangible stuff in our house, but all the information and all the activities and all the commitments. Those are things that our parents also didn't have to juggle. So even if your personality is similar to your mom's, or maybe it's not, whatever, there's this additional layer of all of the stuff that we also have to manage. And so I don't know how you get through it without organization and education, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what do we do then? Um, In your episode, one of your episodes in the Mom University podcast, you said this quote that I just love. So I'm going to read it and I would love to hear you respond to this. You said, becoming a CEO and leader in your home, which I just have to say, I love that phrasing. I think that is such an intentional way to lead a family and and a home. So becoming a CEO and a leader in your home means you have a vision for what this home and family can be. I don't know if listeners are getting chills right now. I know I am. Because what a game changer to look at what we're doing every day as an opportunity to lead and create a whole organization versus just waking up and going through the motions and doing what we have to do. That's a world of difference. So I love it. It's also a pretty tall order. So how do you help moms start to get on board with this and break it down and know what to do about it? Yeah. Well, first, I'm glad to hear that 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 resonates with you. And I'm hoping it will resonate with a lot of moms because 
to me, the real difference there, this idea of being a CEO is a, a being a visionary. I've thought a lot about that phrasing, that language, and what does that actually mean? Often, we take on so many roles, and we, we see this for any of your listeners who are businesswomen, too. We see this in the business world, but also as moms, right? We are the chef. We're the driver. We're, do, you know, we're planning all the things, but we're also doing the nitty gritty, like the, the cooking, the cleaning, you know, we just are in it. And sometimes we forget to take that step back to look at the big picture of the vision because we sometimes, if we just get so caught up in the day to day, in what needs to be done today, we're not connecting the pieces of, and is this leading where I want to go? Is this creating the family and the culture and the home that I, my, my kids will want to come back to in 10, 20 years? And it's really a piece to me of being intentional. So it involves stepping back and looking at, okay, what, what is going on here? What's working? What I, am I, if I'm spending all my time doing these things that maybe aren't that important, is the important stuff even getting done? And sometimes sometimes it's not because we're focused so much on the, the trivial many, as Greg McEwen says, instead of the vital few, right? And it's so easy to do. And I think especially as moms, because everything seems important. Everything is urgent as a mom. If there's spilled milk on the floor, you got to clean it up right away. You can't just leave it there, right? And there are a lot of little emergencies like that. And yet to be the CEO, to be that visionary, we have to step back and look at big picture. And it does take that um, intentional thinking, intentional planning to be able to do that. Yeah, I love the reference, Greg McEwen, Essentialism. That's a great read. So we'll include a link to the show, in the show notes for that one. That's a great resource on minimalism and being really focused. Um, one of the quotes that I hear from my clients and my students is, I'm trying to do it all, and I don't feel like I'm doing any of it well, or I feel like I'm failing in all parts of my life. I know at times I can relate to that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure listeners can, yeah. because we do have such a wide range of things we're doing, like you were just mentioning. And so I think that's the value of a vision is zooming out and taking a look at what does really matter, like you were talking about, and then that allowed you to know what to say no to because we can't spread ourselves so thin. So that vision cannot be overstated how important that is. So if I'm a listener listening to this podcast right now, I think I would be asking myself, how do I get that vision? What's step one? What do I do? And you have a framework that helps with that, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So that's called the MOMS method. And it's an acronym, M-O-M-S, and we can kind of go through what those are. So the first one is M for manifestation. Now, Manifestation, I use it because it starts with an M. I don't always like all of the connotations that come with this woo-woo, universal. But the way that I think of manifestation is more of just seeing with an eye of faith what can be. And manifesting, to me, means that we have this vision. We have this picture. And it takes really intentional sitting back and saying, what do I want? And I think that's the first step. What do I even want? Because often we don't even allow ourselves to go there in our mind. Like, what could this even be like? What could my day-to-day -day be like? What could my life be like? What do I want my family to be like? Because we're scared that we're not going to get it anyway. 
right? It's it's too hard. It's too different than what I'm living right now. And so we get scared. And yet, allowing yourself to go there in your mind, allowing yourself to picture it and to dream about it is the first step in getting it. And that's for a few reasons. One is because you start to connect with that vision and you start to go, okay, yeah, that's how it could be. I can start to see because I can see it in my mind. I can start to see now what needs to happen in order to get there. And the second, this is venturing a little into the woo-woo, but I do believe that when you start to picture that, things start to come into place for you. Things that you never would have seen otherwise, but because you pictured this vision, now everything kind of starts to align for you and things start to come into focus to make that happen. Um, We are all okay with this idea. (laughs) We talk a lot about how the things that you see in your mind and what you say, you know, in in your mind's eye, the things you think and you say, um, what you're feeling is what creates outcomes. And so I really think when you're talking about manifesting, you're talking about creating. And if we can't come from a place that we are creators and get to create outcomes, that's a pretty bleak outlook in life. So I think I we're aligned in that way. And one thing that I think is interesting, there's this part of our brain you've probably read about and heard about, talked about on your own podcast, um, but the reticular activating system in the brain is that mechanism that once you have alerted your brain what to look for, it starts to detect it everywhere. And the examples I've heard is you can be in a busy airport and there's a lot of commotion, a lot of announcements going on the speaker, and you just tune it all out because you can't pay attention to everything. But your brain is trained to know that your name is important. And if your name is called over the speaker, all of a sudden you hear that because your brain is looking for that. And so I think when you're talking about having that vision, what you're really doing is giving that reticular activating system some sort of reference, something to look for so that when it sees an opportunity or you know, a conversation that needs to be had or a risk that you need to take, whatever it is, some kind of action, you'll know to take it. So you can't do that if you don't already have that vision. Exactly. Exactly. You won't even notice it when it is there. When someone's, you know, if if you're not paying attention, if you haven't, then someone could be calling your name, the equivalent of the airport of calling your name. They're saying, hey, here's this thing to get you where you want. But because you haven't clarified what that is, you'll never even notice. So, yeah. Right. Right. And it's hard to let yourself go there sometimes, I think. You it mentioned is. you're scared you won't be able to get it. And so you don't want to get excited and then feel shut down or disappointed. One of the ways that I often help my clients is I ask them, okay, let's just pretend I have a magic wand and whatever you want gets to happen. And it just kind of takes them to this place of like imagination. And that's one way that you can start to get in touch with your desires. Do you have any secret tricks that you help your clients with to kind of quiet down that disbelief, that part of their brain that's always, you know, negativity bias, looking for, you know, why things won't work to get into that space of of dreaming and imagination. Anything else you want to add to this part of the conversation? Yes. So one of the things, because this is something that I come up across a lot in my coaching, that people have a hard time letting themselves go there. And so what I recommend is right before bed. So as you're laying down to get into the habit of letting yourself Um, just daydream, even though it's at night, right? You're laying there and letting yourself really picture whatever this is. Because what happens is, as our brain, as we're preparing for sleep, our brain waves actually are changing to get us into a sleep state. 
and we're able to let it go a little bit more. And so that is a really good time to to do this exercise. Now, another thing that I would say along these lines is to imagine something until you feel it. And so I'll give a quick example. My son graduated from high school last year, and (laughs) we're glad he graduated. He was one of those. We weren't sure that he was going to graduate. And for a while, I was really stressed out about this. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to graduate. And he's failing so many classes, and it was such a struggle. And so I kept nagging him, do your homework, do your homework. And guess what? That wasn't working. And so then I thought, okay, I need to use this framework that I'm teaching everybody all the time. This has application here. So the first step, manifestation, I said, okay, I need to sit here and picture what do I want? What's the vision here? And I pictured him in his cap and gown walking across the the field. And I pictured me in the stands just like, yes, you did it, cheering and yelling and so excited. And I pictured this until I felt it. And when I felt it, it became really real. And so that's the other thing that I would say here is this feeling. It's not enough to just go, okay, yeah, I see my family and we finally, we're finally able to take this vacation and we're in Europe. Amazing. No, like picture yourself on one of those red double-decker buses in London looking at the, the Tower of London or, you know, whatever it is that you are excited to see. What would that feel like. When you get to that feeling point, that's when all of the magic starts to happen. So that's my that's where I would say to start there. Let yourself picture it until you feel it. And right before bed is a fantastic time for that. I've heard that before. I've heard that you marinate in those thoughts that you think before you go to bed. So yeah. that's added incentive to do some positive work before you go to bed. Also coming to mind is the use of a vision board. Um, having images of what you want, images that represent that vision you have for your family or yourself. Yeah, I've heard standing in front of that vision board and looking at that and imagining it and feeling it for a few minutes in the morning and at night can be another way to really enforce that um, that vision that you have. And that's just really important. You talk about the feelings and you're right. Like someone might be like, well, this is just way woo-woo. Like really, this is going to make a difference. But I think what you need to look at is you need some fuel to push you through the doubt because it's going to come. You're looking at making changes. Your brain wants to stay with what feels normal. So when you have to make those changes, there's got to be something to push you through that. And that feeling that felt so good and so aligned last night might be the thing that gets you to take action the next day when things don't feel quite so confident. So I love that we're going there. That see, say, feel in the creation cycle, I think is really important. So I love that you brought that up. Okay. Anything else on the first M that you want to add? No, no. I think we've covered it. We nailed it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. I think I love the O. I'm going to guess that the O is something I like to talk about. Do you want to tell us about the next step? Yes. This is right in line with, uh, with what you talk about all the time. So O for organization. And the way that I talk about organization is once you've figured out what you want, then you need to break it down into milestones. So, okay, I figured out that we'll go with that example. I want to take my family on a trip to Europe. Well, what needs to happen in order to get me there? So these are the goals. These are the little things that need to happen all along the way. Well, we need to get passports. We need to save up money. We need to plan the trip. We need to find airfare. You know, all of these little things that need to happen in order to reach our goal. Now. There may be really different goals that take a long time and can seem really far off, but it's the same kind of principle. 
And the way that I like to do it with my clients is break it down into, you know, what needs to happen this year? What are the big three things that this year would move you toward your goal? If it's something like a family vacation, um, and, you know, if you've got a big family, maybe that's going to be a couple years goal. So this year, we're just going to work on saving up a certain amount of money or whatever it is. And then what does that look like in a quarter or three months? What does that look like this week? What does that look like today? And continuing to break it down. So organizing is just looking at what it's going to take and finding those milestones. And an example I like to share with this is I'm not a runner, but one year my husband and I decided we were going to run a 5K. And that's only 3.2 miles. It's not very far, but we want the goal was to run the whole time. And we went, we were doing this race and we were running and we saw mile marker number, number one and we were going strong. We kept running and kept looking for mile marker number two. Never saw it. And we're like, what? Where is this? We're getting tired. We haven't even gotten to mile marker two. I don't know if we have enough juice to keep running the whole time. And so we were about ready to give up running and start walking. And then we saw mile marker number three. Number two had gotten knocked down. When we saw number three, we're like, we're almost done with this thing. And we sprinted to the end and we were able to make it. But I, I tell that story to illustrate those mile markers really matter because they tell us sometimes that vision that we set, you know, when we're really thinking what we want seems so far off and it seems so hard to reach. And we're, we can get to this point where we're discouraged and like, oh, I'm never going to make, make it. I'm never going to get there. I'm going to just slow down or stop altogether. But when we see where the mile marker is and we can say, okay, I made it to number two. I made it to mile two. I have enough strength to keep going until mile marker number three. It just gives us that incentive to push forward, to keep going. Um, and it really helps us to make sure that we're on track to get where we want to go. That's a great visual. I love looking at mile markers through that lens of that race. I'm sure that was such a relief to see that mile three. Yes. <laughs> we are almost there. I think we'd all love to see that in our goals that we're pursuing. But, you know, I I think that looking at organization through the lens that we are arranging things to support what we want is a really great way to look at what organization is. I think on this podcast and in other organizing communities, we look at organization in a tangible way, you know, like containers yeah. and bins and clutter, which if we look at really what we're wanting to get out of that, we're trying to arrange our space in a way that supports us so that we can do more of what we want. I think when you're talking about organization in this context, in the mom framework, what you're talking about is organizing your vision. So in other words, we're arranging the actions that need to be done to support that vision in a way that helps us be able to execute and follow through. And I just think that's a really important distinction to make in this framework because we don't want to get tripped up thinking, well, all right, if I want this vision of mine to work, it means I have to be an organized mom. And that looks like what I see on social media, which, you know, we're that's a fun version and we like that. But that's yeah. not essential, right? What's essential is that we are taking the steps that pertain to what our vision is. And for us, if our vision is focused on how our home feels, the relationship we want to have with our kids, the accomplishments we want to have personally or as a family, 
why do we want to spend all of that time getting stuck in the organization phase that is just like making sure everything's labeled? And again, I'm all for labels. It's great, you know, but in this context, I think that's a pretty important distinction to make is we need to organize that vision. We need to come up with those milestones. And you mentioned kind of that reverse engineering process, you know, like if I can see what I want a year from now, what does that look like six months from now, three months from now, this week? Because I think that's where people get really tripped up is feeling like that next step is too big of a leap. So do you have anything you want to say about that, about how not to get overwhelmed in that organization process so that it feels manageable and realistic? Yeah. Just one other thing also to what you were saying is this really helps so much because like you were saying, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm not an organized mom or I don't have the labels and bins or even the money to start doing those labels and bins. And and it all just feels like too much. And yet what this process does is it says, what's actually important to you? If it's that great, go all in on that. But if it's not, if it's something else, then that's what you're going to focus on. That's what then become your your big three, you know, the things that you're going to focus on. Now, um, as far as making it manageable, is that what you asked? How to make it manageable? Yes. So making it manageable is we often make it so big because it's this big thing and it seems so far off. It does feel scary. And so that's why breaking it down into pieces is such an important piece of the of the puzzle. Because if you look at what you have to do in a year, there's a saying, and I, I hope I get this right, but it's something like we often overestimate what we can do in a day and we underestimate what we can do in a year. And so we kind of have it backwards. We we feel like, oh, I'm going to be able to get so much done today, right? And really, we can only get a little bit done each day. But if we're consistent over time, we can really get a lot done. And so just kind of breaking it down is the way that I recommend doing that. Um, yeah. Chanel, that bears repeating. So tell us one more time the quote, as you remembered about your yes. overestimating and underestimating. I think this is a highlight of this episode. I'd love okay. everyone to hear it again. Yeah. So we overestimate what we can get done in a day and we underestimate what we can get done in a year. And along those lines, my husband is funny whenever he has like a day off he'll say, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this. And he'll make this long list of 20 things he wants to do. And most of the time he doesn't get through his list because he was overestimating what he needed, what he could realistically do in one day, forgetting that the kids are going to need rides and and they're going to make messes and there's going to be family life going on. And then on the flip side, what that looks like in a year is we think, oh, how am I ever going to get all of these things done? But there is more time than we think to be able to do little things toward that big goal. Right. And I think consistency is the powerful thread there that we underestimate, that just being consistent in little things adds up to really big results. So I think that's a really great reminder, just as you're listening to this podcast episode and wondering how you start moving forward on this vision, let's not underestimate what we can really accomplish if we get really specific and small. And, you know, what is that 1% gain that you hear everyone talk about? Just those tiny habits, tiny steps. So I love yeah. that. Okay. All right. So we love the O. What do we have in the next M, the yeah. M and moms? Yeah. So the next M is mobilization. And mobilization means really taking action. So organization, you're kind of breaking down these steps. What do I need to do? 
And mobilization, we get really granular. We get into habits, which I know is something that you teach and that I've learned from you. You've helped me with that. And it's also breaking down into our day, our big three. And our big three are the top three. I I like the book Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. And he says, there's a quote from Mark Twain that says something like, if you need to eat a frog, do it first thing in the morning. And if you need to eat two, eat the ugliest one first. And it's a funny quote, but it really gets across the point that do what needs to be done first, and then the rest of your day is just bonus. And you'll find that there are a lot of other things that can fit into a day. But if you prioritize, okay, what are the three things that are going to move me toward that vision that I have figured out? These are the things, this is what I want. So what are three things? Now, I say big three, but we actually want to make them really small. They are big in importance, but small in doability, we'll say, that like you don't want to say, okay, today I'm going to outline for one of my big three, I'm going to outline five podcast episodes and I'm going to record, you know, reach out to all these guests or whatever, something that feels very overwhelming. It You want it to be so small that you know you can get it done. So for me as a podcaster, sometimes my big three will be title my next podcast. It can be that small, but I am making progress then on that important thing that needs to get done to move me toward my vision. As long as it is moving you in the right direction, it actually doesn't matter how small small it is. And in fact, being smaller can actually be better because it creates momentum. If you get your big three done every day, that's such a better feeling than getting one done and leaving two undone. We don't want to do that to ourselves. We want to create this positive cycle of, yes, I accomplished the three most important things every single day. I love that. I think that's so powerful. And the question that I get from my clients and students is, what about all the other things that need to be done? I have more than three things on my list. What about all those other things that also have to get done? If I only focus on those three, then what? So what's your response to that? Yeah. Well, I love the Stephen Covey visual, and maybe you've used this before, of the rocks in the jar. So he showed these rocks in a jar, and he had sand pebbles and bigger rocks. And when he put in the sand first, which represents all of the little less important things, the the cleaning up of spilled milk and all of those things that just are going through your day, when you put those in first and then you put in the pebbles, there's no room for the big rocks. Now, if we say that the big rocks are our big three that we just talked about, we put those in first and then we put in the pebbles and then the sand can kind of trickle in around those other things and everything will fit in the jar if you do it in that order. I honestly believe that that is true for our lives, that if we do what matters most to us, we're still going to have time for those extra things. But what will happen is that we're actually making progress. And what will also happen, sometimes we will leave something undone. We'll leave laundry in the dryer or in the washer. We'll leave dishes in the sink. We'll leave something undone. But you know what? It's not the most important thing that we're leaving undone. And that's okay because we've intentionally said, well, you know what? This is the thing that matters. If I have to leave something undone, I'm going to leave the unimportant thing undone. I'd rather do that, you know? Well, and it takes a little faith, I think, in this system because you want to accomplish everything and to make the most important thing something really small 
you, I think, may not trust that the whole process is going to get done. But in my experience, and we'll just take the podcast example because I can also relate to that, something as small as coming up with a title for a podcast might unleash all of the ideas that then that episode will write itself practically because you took that one pivotal step. And so I think a lot of times I see on my clients list, like I need to plan the vacation or I need to start um, you know, working on this pro- this work project that's really overwhelming. And to put that on your to-do list, everything about that, your brain is like, no, thanks. I don't want anything exactly. to do with that. But if you can distill it down to that one specific action, that's like the dam will break, right? And so, you know, that is that one pivotal piece that will help all of that inspiration momentum come through. So you got to plan the vacation. Why don't you just first talk to your sister that went on the same vacation and get some ideas from her. And that's your only action for the day. And before you know it, you might have hotel booked, flights booked, just because you've got that momentum that you were mentioning. Exactly. And that's such a better feeling than writing on your list every day, plan the vacation and feeling bad that you never got it done. Right. And you, yep, you kind of are critical of yourself and feel like you can't follow through. And really, it's not your capability. It's just needing to drill down and get more specific. That's a really great point. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah. Okay. You said there's kind of a bonus last step. It's not mom, it's moms. So what does the S stand for? So the S is for simplification. And while we're talking about this whole process, the S in simplification is getting rid of anything that doesn't serve. And so this can be stuff. It can be if we have too much stuff in our house and we are picking up the same toys every day, or we have too many dishes and the kids are just letting them pile high in the in the sink. You know, too much stuff creates a lot of stress for us. It can be too much stuff. You know, you mentioned earlier that can mean a lot of things. It can be too much on our on our schedule. It can be lots of look lots of different ways. But what do we need to simplify that's actually keeping us from doing what we want to do? It can be relationships that are really draining or long, long phone conversations, right? Things like that, that we say, you know what, I need to simplify. I need to step back from this because this isn't actually moving me towards who I want to be and where I want to be. And so it's a process of kind of weeding out the things that we don't want in there that aren't moving us where we want to go. Well, I think a really easy way to look at that and label that is clutter, right? Like clutter Mm -hmm. is what gets in the way. It's the stuff that we don't want to have around. And we can have mental clutter in terms of our thoughts and how we feel about ourselves. We can have social media clutter, feeds that aren't serving us, you know, those commitments and activities that we have that are really getting in the way of what we value the most. So we talk a lot about clutter on this podcast, but I would love your insight about how do you clear that clutter, whatever it is, tangible, intangible, wherever things are getting in the way, what is your advice on how to clear that clutter? Yeah, so it really goes back to that clear picture and that clear vision because, you know, once I was on a call with someone who was considering coaching with me and she said, One of the things that I do in those calls is I say, okay, well, what does your life look like now? And what do you want it to look like? And she said, we are so busy. We're doing this and this and this. And my coaching is Mom's Life Made Simple is the name of my coaching program. And I said, okay, well, so in order to to simplify, we're going to need to get rid of some of those things. And she said, oh, I don't want to get rid of any of those things. I want to be this busy. And I said, well, I can't help you. It's not a good fit for me for coaching because If you're not willing to let some of that go, you're going to keep living 
the same way that you have. And so you have to decide that what you want is better than what you have. And it's going to take some trade-offs, you know, and that's ultimately, to me, that's what it means to live intentionally. It's to say, just because I've been doing this a certain way doesn't mean that I want to keep doing it a certain way. I want to actually stand back. I want to create the vision. I want to choose what I want to do and what I want to be and then go through that process of creating by taking out any piece that doesn't fit into that vision. Right. That's where the rubber kind of meets the road, I think. You know, you can you talk the talk, but are you ready to walk the walk? And can you trust the process? Um, One of the things we talk about in the podcast is this quote uh, by Stephen Paul, the space for what you want is already filled up with what you've settled for instead. And that's Mm, just coming to mind as we talk about this, that if you can't make space in your life by letting go of some things for this vision that you really want, you don't have room for it. And we've got to create that space. And the only way we do that is by letting things go. It is a process. We do need support. It's not just a one-time conversation. It's it's a journey. So uh, you've got something really exciting coming up soon to give moms more support with this framework and their vision and the different things that they want to accomplish in their homes and in their families. So can you tell us a little more about what you've got cooking up right now? Yes. So I'm so excited about this. It's called Mom University, and it's an in-person event. I've brought together some amazing speakers who are going to teach and train moms to really get that education piece. And we'll also be talking about the mom's method because this also works in a conference setting. What do you want out of this, this event? Okay, then what are the steps to get there? And so after each speaker, we're going to go into this. Okay, what do you, what did you want to get from this parenting section? Now, what are the steps to get there? Okay, and what does that look like on a daily basis? And finally, what do you need to get rid of in order to make that happen? So it'll cover parenting, running a home effectively, and personal development, because that's a piece that I, I feel like is really important, that we need to, yes, we want to be really good and pour love into our families and be good moms. And we want to make sure that there's space and time for us. So Mom University is in San Diego. I don't know if I already said that in the end of April, April 25th through 27th. And we'll all be coming together to just learn and build community and have this space to really up-level our mom life so that we can be that CEO and that visionary and that leader in our family. I love it. And I don't know. I mean, San Diego, end of April, that's a pretty rough place right? to want to travel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sounds amazing to be in that support, that culture with like-minded moms, getting that education and being in that beautiful place. It sounds like a really great event. So we'll include links in the show notes about how to get more information about that. You also have a podcast that is supporting this mom university specifically. So we'll put some yeah. links and the show notes about that, too. I think everyone's going to be really excited to check out more. I, we need it. You know, this is a lonely journey. We, we connect like this, and then we go back to our homes. The doors are shut, and we're in it on our own. And it just feels so good when there's someone you can reach out to, and you know you have people um, supporting you in the different methods that you're trying. So I love the environment that you're creating for moms. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. It just really feels like a something that I've been called to do that like there is a need for it and there's so much good that we can do, but there is something amazing about being together in person. And so I'm so looking forward to that. 
Yeah, there's no substitute for that live interaction. And I would just say, as you're listening to this too, if you're just feeling some curiosity about it, or there's a little excitement growing, definitely pursue it, look into this, consider it, just see if you can make some steps towards going. And sometimes it's surprising the doors that will open for you if it's something you need and you're feeling kind of drawn to it. I have learned personally that when I get that curiosity about something, that that tends to be the sign that I should keep going. And so often what I valued the most comes from taking that leap of faith and checking something out that I thought was impossible for myself. So I'm excited for listeners to consider this and grateful for all this good work that you're doing for moms. Thank you so much. Well, this has been fun. Thanks again so much for coming on the show and all your valuable insight. Thank you, Jenny. 